0: Now you can see I'd like to add my welcome to you this morning. My name is Kurt and I'm one of the pastors here and I'm guessing there's a number of our church family who uh, intended to be here, but because of the weather and the power outages are probably still at home trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I, about a year and a half ago, started uh, sleeping with a breathing machine due to some sleep apnea. And I had a first time experience last night. To, uh, when if you have sleep with a breathing machine, you know right away when the power goes out because <laughs> you got no more air so so I'm sleeping right all of a sudden the breathing machine goes off I wake up and I'm like what's oh the power's out and it comes back on so I'm like okay so I go back to sleep and about five minutes later power goes off again and I wake up again and then it goes off again and then it never came back on so we're are we are without power and anyway it was kind of a fun experience I don't know what your experience has been this new year we lost some siding off the building but uh hopefully everybody is safe and sound, and so we can be praying for our family and friends who are not able to be with us this morning due to weather or other circumstances. Hey, if you're visiting with us this morning, a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you. Uh, One of the ways you can help us to do that is we have these connect cards. Uh, Eventually, we'll have them on the seat backs for you. We have new chairs, and so we haven't had the card holders yet, but they are on the back table. We have a communications table in the back where you can grab connection cards or giving envelopes if those are helpful for you. And if you'd be willing to turn in a connect card, we have a small gift to give you. It's our way of saying thanks for coming out to church this morning. Uh, But again, as most important, we just love to be able to meet you personally. Uh, Another logistic item, you've probably seen these on your seats as you came in, Uh, we are uh, inviting everyone in this new year season as we approach our uh, annual celebration on January 20th, as Cindy told us about uh, this morning, to make what we're calling a Real Life Together Commitment. Uh, We want to come together in unity around uh, discipleship to Jesus and getting on the pathway together that we believe he has called us uh, to walk as a church. And so there's some information on this sheet and then there's a card and uh, you can take this home with you today if you would like. We'll have more uh, next week and again on January 20th. But we'd love for everyone to be praying uh, prayerfully considering whether God might be leading you to make uh, this commitment with us in this season. If not, that's okay. There's no pressure. Uh, But it's one of the things that we think that God might be inviting us to do as a faith community, as a spiritual family, to unite together around our discipleship pathway. And we're going to talk more about that this morning and what that means and and why we want to do this. And on Sunday the 20th, there will be a time in each of our worship services, we'll invite you to bring your card uh, signed on the the bottom line to offer to God in worship that morning. All of this is really uh, uh, the continuing process of our seeking after the Holy Spirit's guidance for us as a church. To pursue uh, Christ in our lives and his priorities in the world. For, for several years now, as a church, we've been seeking God's mission and his vision for us and who he is calling us to be as a as a historic church in the Sumner and East Pierce County community. We are over 140 years old now. Uh, we were one of the first, the first church in the Puyallup River Valley uh, before Washington was even a state. So a part of our identity as a faith community is that we believe that we are called to be a mission outpost on the mission field of the Northwest Territories of the United States. And what that means for us in the 21st century is a whole new picture than what it meant for us in the 20th century, because we know that the world has changed and continues to change. And in this day and age, and in this area of the Northwest, there are so many people right in our own community who've never read the Bible, who don't know Jesus, who've not experienced Christianity in any kind of a, a positive way. In in fact, they they've kind of been turned off to faith because they've never really met or known Christians who really understand what. Jesus and the Bible is all about. So part of our heart at Faith Covenant Church is, is to live what we're calling a real life together. That's part of the vision statement that we came up and we, with and we introduced it 18 months ago in September. Uh, and, and the pathway that we walk in as we live a real life together is that we are connecting and we're growing and we're serving Together. Now, now, what do we mean by this phrase, real life together? Well, the way we talked about it 18 months ago is that it means that we believe that we are real people who are serving a real God who has given us a real mission to fulfill. See, we look at the Christian life and we recognize that as real people, the Christian life isn't about how good we are. It's about how good God is. And and we come together Sunday after Sunday, not to celebrate how good we are, but to celebrate how good God is. Because we recognize that we are all broken and and, and, uh, sinful people in need of God's mercy and grace. And so we come because of his invitation of love that he's given us through Jesus. To simply acknowledge that all that we have and all that we are really comes from him as a gift to us. And all that we can offer others is simply to invite them on this journey of faith with Jesus. And we have the opportunity to do that because we believe that we serve a real God. We look at the story of Jesus in the Bible and we believe that Jesus really lived and we believe that Jesus really died and we believe that Jesus really rose again from the dead and because he is alive today, we can know the God who created us as our heavenly father. We can experience new life in him because Jesus has invited us to share that relationship that he had as part of the, the, the Godhead to have God as our spiritual Father as well. And so we become spiritual family with one another. We believe that Jesus reveals who God is to us so that we can experience genuine life-giving relationship with God in the world today. And because of that, then we believe we have a real mission to fulfill. We believe that the mission of the church is very clear. Jesus very clearly said that we need to love God. And if we're going to love God, then the only way we can do that is by demonstrating that love in our relationships with other people. The greatest commandment, Jesus said, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But he said a second is just like it, right? To love your neighbor as yourself. Those two things go hand in hand. They're two sides of the same coin. And, and in first John it says, how can you love the God who you haven't seen if you can't even love the brother that you have seen? And so we understand that that God has given us a mission to live out in our relationships with one another in this world, and especially with our relationships with people who have never met Jesus, who are in desperate need of the good news, that God loves them, and he cares about them, and he won't hold their sin against them, but he wants to wash them clean and give them a whole new, fresh experience of life as well. See, what it looks like for us to live out this vision of following Jesus as his disciples, of loving God and loving others in our day, we've begun to suggest, is expressed in this discipleship pathway that is expressed in these words of connecting and growing and serving. Because if we, if we understand that the Christian life is, is a vertical relationship with God that is lived out horizontally in our relationships with one another, then, then connecting with God leads us to connect with other people. And if we're growing in our relationship with God, then then we're growing in our relationships with other people. And if we're serving God, then the way we serve God is by finding those people that God is calling us to serve in Jesus' name. And so connecting and growing and serving are all part of how we live out this call to be on mission with Jesus as bearers of his good news in the world around us. The way we've been saying it for a number of years now is that discipleship isn't one of the things that we do. It's the one thing that we do right? Discipleship isn't some separate program of the church, and, and we have all these other ministries that we do, and that's one of the things that we do. Discipleship is all about following Jesus with our whole life, with everything that we have, and all that we are, 24-7, not just on Sunday morning for an hour, but Monday through Friday, in our careers, and in our marriages, in our families, and in our friendships, and how we handle our money, and how we live in this world as a, as a member of a city, and a society, and, and, and a citizen of a nation and a part of the global community, all of that is wrapped up in this idea of that, that we are bought by the blood of Christ and we are invited to live as citizens in the kingdom of God as a new creation that God has invited us to live. Discipleship isn't one of the things that we do. It's the one thing that we do. And everything that we do is really about discipleship to Jesus. And then in November, if you were here before Thanksgiving, we uh, expanded this invitation and we called it uh, our invitation to come grow with us, right? We said, we want to go public with this invitation because the invitation isn't just for, for you and me and for those who are already here. It's for the whole world. It's for those who have not met Jesus yet who need to hear the good news. And so we want our church to be a church that is reaching out, that's connecting with our community, that sees more and more people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in their own lives as they walk this pathway with us of connecting and growing and serving. And yet we also then talked about how included in this, rela- this invitation to come grow with us is this assumption that we are actually growing ourselves. Right, and, and that's really where the rubber meets the road. See, what we've been learning is that church growth is not an either-or proposition in terms of discipleship and evangelism. It's both and. As we grow in our faith, as we mature in our walk with Jesus, we will see new people come to faith because part of his call to his disciples is to go into all the world and make disciples and to teach them everything that he has commanded. We can't grow as a church unless and until we're willing to invest in the growth and the development of the people who are already here so that we are maturing in this mission that God has given us and we're reaching out together to make an impact in the world around us. So the question we've been asking is how do we, as Faith Covenant Church, in the 21st century, as as a mission outpost on the mission field of the Northwest Territories, develop a pattern and a lifestyle that no longer sees these as separate things, but as really part and parcel of what discipleship is all about. How do we better connect and grow and serve together so that we know that we are growing in our relationship with Jesus, so that we actually have something to offer other people and invite them into as a part of the ministry that Jesus has called us to? And what we said at that time, and I want to reiterate it today, is that the shared lifestyle of the early Church, that we see in the Bible, and particularly in the book of Acts, is not some random or accidental happening that was culturally dependent at that time. But instead, what we see is that everything that is happening among these early Christians comes as a result of the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit that was poured out on these believers as they trusted in the risen Christ for their own salvation. And I want you to read along with me in Acts 2, verses 42 to 47, where I'll have it on the screen for you, or you can follow along on your own Bible. But it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that an incredible vision? of how Christian community becomes a blessing to those who experience it together, and it's as a result of the blessing of experiencing Christian community that others become attracted to Jesus and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus in their own lives. It's it's part and parcel of the same mission and the same ministry. It's the very lifestyle that we live out together that becomes the good news lived out in practical terms that becomes what other people see and it invites them to experience as well. We talked about this before, and I think in this New Year season, it'd be great to come back to this question. As you anticipate 2019 in your own life, and maybe you've already made resolutions or you're still thinking about what are some new goals that you want for yourself this year? This is a time when we're kind of thinking about getting a fresh start. But, but the question that we might ask is, as we look at Acts 2.42 and it says they devoted themselves to these key things, what are you devoted to in your life at this time? What, what are you devoting your time and your attention and your emotional energy to? What does your check register or your bank account statement suggest that if you went through and looked at where you're spending your money, you're really devoted to? What are the things that really capture your heart and your attention in this season? Maybe you're devoted to Netflix and you love streaming video, right? I, I, I struggle with that sometimes, right? Maybe you're a, 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 a devotee of the Seahawks and I'm sorry <laughs> if you are. I'm so sorry. It was such a painful one last night, Right? Maybe you're devoted to your technology and your phone and, and your devices. Maybe you're devoted to email or your career or your work. Maybe, maybe even you're devoted to your home and your kids and, and your family. And it, it, it could be your work or your business. Or There's so many things that take our heart and our minds. The question is, and maybe these aren't necessarily bad things in and of themselves, But if our level of devotion to the things of this world take our hearts and our minds away from the God who created us and his priorities and his plans to prosper us in our lives, we miss the very blessing of God that he has for each one of us. And thus, we can be walking as Christians and going to church every week and wondering, where is this abundant life that Jesus promised us? Because I don't see it. And I'm not experiencing it in my life today. See, it's not whether or not the things of this world are good or bad, it's whether they take the priority of God in our hearts. And we're going to be talking about that in the next series that we're starting next week called Mastermind, where our thinking and our attitude about life and how we perceive the world around us directly impacts our experience of our spiritual life and our relationship with God. And so I'd encourage you to consider coming for the next four weeks to get in on the ground floor of this new series on called Mastermind. But as we think about what we're devoted to in our lives, and then we go to Acts 2.42 and see what they were devoted to, how would we compare uh, the the room that we have in our lives for those things that, again, if they are Holy Spirit-prompted things that Christians can give themselves to so they can experience this blessing of God in their lives? We came up with this acronym that we, we have in our denomination called GROW. That, that kind of tracks with those four things that they devoted themselves to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right? Which for us now, today has been recorded and captured in God's word, the Bible. They devoted themselves to, to studying and reading and being in God's word <clears throat> so that the Holy Spirit could use those words of God to be speaking into their lives. And, and we, too, need to be committed to God's word. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. The the relationships that they had with one another were a part of how God worked in them and through them. And through the Holy Spirit, God used the community of Christians to be a blessing to one another and to the world around them. Oh, could be outward action. It says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Now, now, the, the breaking of bread specifically we know is communion, right? But in communion, we recognize that it is the body and blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for us. He gave his life as a service to us so that we could be reconciled to God. His mission for us is to follow him so that we too can be broken bread for the world. Right? And so as we think about what outward action might be God, might God be inviting us to participate in, maybe the other way is how is God inviting you in this new year season to be broken bread for others? And prayer, prayer is not just some ritual that we do before the meal, right? To make sure that the food doesn't make us sick because it's blessed, right? That's more magic than prayer. Prayer is talking with God. It's engaging with God. It's opening your heart and your mind to the fact that God is with you. God is present to you. God not only hears your heart and wants to know what you have to say, but he talks back. Maybe not audibly, but if you wait long enough and you trust and you seek God, God promises that he will respond and reveal himself to those who seek him. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. But he who asks finds. He who knocks, the door will be open, right? And so God invites us to pursue him because he loves us. He also wants to be pursued. God's word, relationships, outward action, worship, as you think about this new year, uh, perhaps you could use this acronym as a, a prompt for you to, to sit with God and to pray and to engage with God around these four areas. Maybe you could decide with God which one of these areas is the one that might be most important for you to focus on, and you could develop a plan for this coming year of how you want to jump into one of these areas and go deeper. Maybe it's getting into God's word more, and that means be getting you know, part of a Bible study or reading through the scriptures in a year or uh, getting on the YouVersion Bible app and and doing a reading plan. And one of the cool things about the YouVersion app is you can invite friends to join you and you can go through reading plans together right on your phone or your tablet. And, And so the Bible is even more accessible today and in community in new ways than it ever has before. Whether you decide to focus on one or to pick one goal for each of these things and maybe lean into a a really doable and achievable way that you can grow in each of these areas, the most important thing is that it's not really you choosing, but that you're taking these things to God and saying, God, what do you want me to do? Because then we're responding to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and we're getting back on that pathway of being disciples of Jesus because God invites us to live out of his call in our lives. These are not religious rituals that somehow make us worthy of God's blessing in our life. It's because God loves us and he's blessed us that he wants us to experience that blessing in these ways. And so if we trust his word and we trust his desire for us to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, then we look at scripture and we say, these are the things that if we pursue them with God, we will experience a greater depth of relationship with God, a greater uh, fellowship with other believers. And God will use us to be a blessing to others and allow us to experience a greater level of meaning and purpose in our lives. And the last thing I'd suggest is, Invite someone else to do it with you, right? Invite someone else to go on that journey with you. It could just be one other trusted friend. It could be a couple people. It could be the small group that you're a part of, and you could do it together as a small group. But the reality is that Christianity is a team sport where everyone plays, <laughs> right? There's no bench sitters. There's no solo hitters. Christianity is a team sport, and we need one another in order to be successful in following through on the commitments that we've made to our God and to ourselves. I have a ministry coach who has told me that that's his definition of integrity, keeping the promises that we've made to our God and to ourselves, and how often do we, do we make promises to God, and do we make promises to ourselves, especially in this New Year's time, we make resolutions, and then we just give up on Him, we turn our back on them. And how do we feel about all those times that we've let ourselves down, and we've let God down? You know what? Maybe in this New Year's season, God is inviting you to understand that it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up. It's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up. And the good news message of Jesus Christ is that there's always a new opportunity to get back up, to get moving on your relationship with Jesus and to get back on the path, because it's all about his mercy and his grace that wants to transform your life from the inside out. It's not about earning his love, it's about living into the love that he's already given you. Amen? Isn't that good news? Now, the other aspect of this that I will kind of come full circle here is we want to do this as a, as a faith community as well, not just individually in our own lives, but as a church, how do we unite together to create a, a discipleship pathway that everyone can participate in, and that begins to be a clear opportunity for how we all agree to live out this call of God together. And that's what we're calling our Real Life Together Commitment. And, and we introduced this again in, in the fall, but basically it looks like this. The same four kind of things could be lived out in terms of attend church on Sunday morning, which you guys are doing a great job. You've achieved that this morning already. <laughs> So thank you very much. And not it doesn't have to be every Sunday. It's not like this, again, religious ritual that if you miss a Sunday, oh no, you're gonna be damned and go to hell. That's not what this is all about. Attend on Sunday mornings. Be faithful in your commitment to be a part of the community by being consistent. Be consistent in your attendance. But more important than that, one of the ways we wanna up the ante in this new year is we wanna ask you if you're a regular attender here or you're a covenant partner, if this is your church home, Help us make Sunday morning happen. Sunday morning, 52 weeks a year, is the front door red carpet experience for every guest who walks through our doors. And if this is our spiritual family and we are hosting guests, don't we all have a little bit of responsibility to help host the guests that God might bring to us? It takes 50 people every week to pull off Sunday morning right now, right? Right? 50 people to pull up, think about it. We've got coffee in the lobby and we've got musicians on the platform and we've got people teaching our kids and we've got people handing out bulletins and greeting and we've got people counting the offering and we've got people doing uh, sound and, and video. I mean, it, and then we have two services and there's multiple you know, schedules and we have prayer partners. And I mean, there's so many opportunities for us to participate in helping make Sunday morning happen. It doesn't mean you have to preach the sermon. Right? You don't even have to get up front. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that you can do. Although if you feel God calling you to preach, let's talk because there's always an opportunity for that as well. But you see, if we're a spiritual family, I mean, in the family I grew up in, I had chores, right? I had to participate in keeping our house running. This this is the house that God has given us to run, and we invite guests to come in, and we want to see more people come and experience what we know about God here. Then let's all come together and help make that happen. That's what that's all about. Number two is be in a small group. And that's what we were talking about. Christianity is a team sport. It's meant to be lived in community. If you're not in a group of smaller, uh, a smaller group of more intimate friends who, who you can really talk to about what's really going on in your life, you can come to church every week and still not really be known by anybody, right? We said this, I think it was a couple weeks ago. One of the best places to hide from God is in church right? Because you can come week in and week out and you know pat yourself on the back that you're doing your religious duty, you're coming to church, you're showing up for worship, but all the while you could just be deteriorating inside and be isolated and alone and not knowing what to do and not feeling like God even cares. Unless you can open your life to be in relationship with at least one or two other people or maybe a few other people who really you can share life with, it's not the same experience as what God has invited us to be in a small group of at least one or two, or, or find out if there's a group of people who meet more regularly that you can meet with. Serve on at least one serving team. Now, this is a hard one. The next two are hard, right? Because it kind of seems a little bit self-serving for the church. Oh, you know, come and serve on a team. But the reality is that God has given each one of us gifts that he wants us to use to be a blessing to others. And as we use those gifts to be a blessing to others, we discover a greater sense of God's blessing in our life. You guys remember the parable of the talents? You know, one guy got one talent, one guy got five talents, and one guy got uh, ten talents, and a talent was a lot of money. And, and, and then the, the, the landowner went away, and they were expected to invest the money, and, and uh, they, they invested differently, and the guy with the one talent was afraid, and he buried it in the ground and did nothing with it, and the master was upset because he said, at least you could have put it in the bank and earned interest, Right? If we want to experience the presence and the power of God at work in our lives, we have to be putting ourselves in a position where we need the presence and the power of God to work in our life. And that's what ministry is. And serving is all about. When we use what we have been given by God, here's the way I like to, you know, spiritual gifts are kind of this wacky, weird whole area of church life. And, you know, we we can talk more about that. But, But the easiest way to understand spiritual gifts is when we just go out and we do what we believe God is calling us to do in the natural personality, abilities, skills, experiences we have. We go to do something to be nice or to serve someone else. And what God does is he comes and he puts his super on our natural. And something happens that we recognize is not because of our wisdom or our greatness or or because of our strength, but, but God impacts somebody else's life in a way that we couldn't have asked for or imagined, and we go, praise God, because that wasn't me. You know, God did something. I, I, I've told this story many times. I mean, there are some Sundays where I'll get down after preaching on Sunday, and I'll go, oh, my goodness, that was the worst sermon I have ever preached in my life. I feel terrible, and invariably on that Sunday, somebody will come up to me and say, thank you, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And I go, praise God, because that wasn't me, you know. That was the Holy Spirit taking my Uh, failings, my natural limited abilities, and using it to be a blessing to somebody else. And God does that for each one of us. God takes his super, and he puts it on our natural. And the little loaves and fish that we can give, he multiplies. And then you know what the the result is? He gets the glory, and we don't. Right? He gets the glory because we say, praise God, because he did it. It wasn't me. Serve on at least one serving team in order to be discovering your gifts and learning how God wants to use you so that you can grow in your experience of God's presence and his power in your life. And then finally, again, the third rail of church preaching, support the church financially. Again, if we're a spiritual family, this isn't about us trying to get into your wallets or into your purses and just like a TV preacher saying, oh, if you've been blessed, give us more money. This is for people, if this is your church home, right? Again, if you're visiting with us, hey, let this service be our gift to you. But if this is your church home, if this has become your spiritual family, then then part of what God invites us to do is to be all in. And that's what we see happening in Acts 2.42, right? As there was need, everybody kind of threw in. And 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 then the result is everybody's needs were met and the ministries of the church community were able to be fulfilled. Now, we don't track What you give in terms of as a staff and leadership of the church, we don't know what amounts everybody gives, and we don't want to know. We believe that should be between you and God, and we keep it that way. There are a few people who need to know for accounting purposes, but they hold that information strictly confidential. And so the the invitation really is for us to, to hold our money more loosely and to participate more fully in being a part of our faith community. You know, one person said we we need to give more than the church needs our money, right? Jesus told us that money was one of the the primary competitors for our affections with God, right? Jesus said that you can't serve God and Mammon. We are way over time, and so I am going to cut to the chase. I had a lot of good stuff. I'll have to pick up more next time. Jesus said either you'll hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. The point is that it's not a religious duty that we have to fulfill in order to earn God's favor. It's a part of how we live with open-handed, open-hearted generosity, and in the process we are freed from the fear and the anxiety of not having enough because we trust that our Heavenly Father is the one who provides everything that we need. And that God blesses us with riches from his kingdom, which goes so far beyond the things of this world. So this Real Life Together commitment is something we're asking you to be praying about. You don't have to decide today. You have the card. You can take it home. We'll have them here during the week. And in the next couple weeks, we'll have them here that you can fill out. But we're inviting everyone to fully commit to sharing in the life of our faith community. To be on the discipleship pathway with Jesus together. The premise is that this shared lifestyle of the early church was not something random or accidental, but it was prompted by the Holy Spirit, guided by his love and his heart for Christian community. And and as a result, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were performed by the apostles. And the way we talked about it this fall is that God showed up. And isn't that really our heart? Don't we just simply want God to show up? And if God shows up and we believe that we have had an experience with the living God in the presence of his active and powerful Holy Spirit, we will be forever changed because how can we deny that God is not real and that God's love is not active and present? for you and me. And what we see is that people begin to find healing and wholeness in their relationship with Christ. Miracles begin to happen. Hearts are transformed. Enemies become friends. Marriages are healed. Strangers become family. And the church grows. And my hope and my prayer for you and for me in 2019 is that we grow in Christ. Because as we grow The church grows. And as the church grows, God is glorified. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for the ways that you continue to draw us to yourself. Help us to see in the words of Acts and the early church Christians who lived out of the prompting of your spirit, this pattern of life that we can live into as well. As we recognize that we are simply real people with brokenness and sin that need your love and grace in our lives, we serve a real God who who is alive through Christ because Christ is alive and who's given us his spirit to be able to overcome our brokenness and our pain so that we can have a real mission to fulfill. God, would you speak to each one of us about how you want us to grow in this new year and to together Commit to one another so that we can be a part of your mission of love in this place. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.